Hey everybody, Jumbled Sunshine here. You are listening to the Ideally Daily podcast where we talk about ways to make your life more successful and interesting and fun. I also blog Ideally Daily at jumbledsunshine.com about the following topics. Motivation Monday, Tech Tuesday, Wellness Wednesday, Thankful Thursday, Family Friday, Strategy Saturday, and Sacred Sunday. I would love to have you connect with me on social media. I post ideally daily on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm also, I have a YouTube channel and uh, Tumblr and Pinterest and uh, Steemit is something I've been experimenting with a little bit. So if you want a full list of all the places you can connect up with me online on your favorite uh, social media channels, just look for me. It's Jumbled Sunshine. Uh, online and also you can go to my website and in the top right corner there's a little box that says connect with me on social media if you click on that picture it will take you to a page that has all of the different channels on it so you can just connect up with me there I would love to have you connect up with me so that I can find out what makes you tick and what kinds of things you enjoy hearing about and just get feedback on things that um, I've brought up that maybe have helped you or even things that you disagree with me on and let's get some conversations going so I just invite you to join me as I share optimism and insight for your everyday living all right so today is Tech Tuesday and last week I did a little tease for you and talked uh, we were talking about how technology blesses our lives despite the challenges and how there tends to be this little bit of negative um, dialogue going on right now about technology it's ruining our lives and da, da, da. And I kind of asked you to step back and look at it from a little bit different perspective and let's talk about how technology is blessing our lives and making sure that we're always looking at both sides of the coin how do we control technology in our lives to make sure that it is helping us and not hindering us and at the same time also being grateful for how awesome technology is and how it has changed our lives dramatically. Excuse me, I'm still dealing with some of these allergies here. So if you notice any stopping and starting, it's just me clicking pause and then coughing. (laughs) So anyway, so what I wanted to do for the next couple of Tuesdays is just revisit uh, the decades of what... uh, it looks like is being called online from some of that research I've done the digital revolution and um, I basically my lifespan I think it's it's unique those of you who uh, were born in the late 60s early 70s in my case I was born exactly in 1970 so um, I have kind of a unique situation of having been zero in 1970 and I was 10 in 1980 and I was 20 in 1990 and 30 in 2000 and 40 in 2010 and you can guess yes I'm gonna be 50 in 2020 so my point of telling you my age is that first of all age is nothing to be ashamed of I am so happy to be where I am in life and you should all feel that way too okay that was kind of lame but anyway so the reason I'm talking about those is it kind of gives an interesting perspective those of you who are about my age of 
we were born like right on the brink of the digital revolution. And so, you know, kind of the, the brink of the explosion of it. Um, if you just look simply on Wikipedia, and I'll put this in the show notes, um, the digital revolution began between the 50s and the 70s. It says it began anywhere from the late 50s to the late 70s. Um, with the adoption and proliferation of digital computers and digital record keeping that continues to the present day. So, um, and I'll just read a little bit more here. Implicitly, the term also refers to the sweeping changes brought about by digital computing and communication technology during and after the latter half of the 20th century. So, um, you know, there was the agricultural revolution and the industrial revolution. And the digital revolution is kind of what marked the beginning of the information age, which we are still in. So during this time, um, mass production and widespread use of digital circuits, and I don't know a lot about the, the, the uh, specifics of all this, but computers, cell phones, the internet was all, it kind of started exploding around 1970. Um, <clears throat> As I scroll down quickly through this, so the origins, um, you know, were from 1947 to 1969. You know, the transistors came out, microprocessors, and um, the concepts of the idea of the internet where you could send a, a, a message to somebody on another computer was introduced, it says, in 1969. And I have some memories about using some of these things uh, when I was a kid. And um, and then let's see. So 1970 was when the home computer was introduced. So I was a child when all this was starting. Home computers were introduced in the 1970s. Video games, golden age of arcade video games kind of went toward the end of the 70s. Um, Pac-Man came out in 1980, so that can give you a little framework there of when I was a kid. And I just wanted to kind of go back and, I guess, reminisce a little bit about my childhood and the different technologies and why, for me, technology has always been exciting. So as I told you, I was born in 1970. My dad actually worked in the technology area. He was a computer programmer for, um, actually for department store. And uh, he worked for Halley Brothers in Cleveland. And then in 1976, 77, somewhere in there, uh, he was transferred uh, to Chicago to work for Marshall Field and Company. So if any of you were around Cleveland or uh, Chicago in the 70s and 80s. You probably are familiar with these businesses. Um, so he worked in the computer department uh, and also uh, he actually did a lot with um, inventory and things like that. So I won't go into a lot of details about exactly what my dad was doing, but the point was he was working in computers. And so as a child, I was exposed to computers and new technologies, maybe just a little bit sooner than my peers. Um, whose parents were in other fields. And so 
for instance, I remember being one of the first people that I knew of to get a microwave or to have a computer in my home. And it, it was really fun because our I remember having this, this screen and then the computer, I, I don't even know if the computer was attached to the screen. Like, I don't really remember th that setup, but I do remember that the little keyboard was kind of like now you would think of it like a old calculator where you push the little buttons and they're kind of like soft. That's what the keyboard was. It was like this little flat keyboard and um, it was it was small. It wasn't really made to be doing like a bunch of typing. It was just that you could input some information. And I remember my dad having like some kind of a program on there that had like music, like electronic music, and it would be, it was some Bach invention or something and there was this little uh, Christmas house and it was playing this box song and I just remember being you know fascinated by that very very huge pixels like you have to picture like very uh, old school screen here um, pretty much all we could do with that computer this was probably somewhere this was probably late 70s that I that I'm remembering in my mind at the moment but pretty much all we could do with that computer was um maybe enter in names like i think my parents started doing like a list of phone numbers of and addresses like to keep track of and you couldn't even print it out like initially there wasn't even a printer with it so or maybe there was and i i don't even remember you know i was a kid right but my point is we had this computer and compared to now i mean like the phone that I'm talking into right now is probably like, I don't even know how many times more powerful, but like ridiculously. I mean, just to put it into perspective, I remember around 1996, so this is like two and a half decades later, I remember getting our first computer, my husband and I, that was one gigabyte. And it was just like, we will never use this much memory, you know, because what you have to understand if you're from the younger uh, generation than me is that while while we had less uh, capacity like maybe you had like a 64k computer the Commodore 64 was 64 kilobytes did I say that right I don't know I, I, I am technologically uh, knowledgeable but I'm not very detail oriented. So anyway, the point is that if all you're doing is entering in text and having it show you a list and maybe having the ability to print that out, you don't really need a lot of memory. So what's happened is as more memory, as they were able to make these microprocessors smaller, they could fit more of them into a computer. And that's kind of what's happened is the processors used to be these huge machines and then now they're like tiny, tiny little size things. And so as the, as you could get more of them, then people are like, oh, now we can add images. Oh, now we can add video. Now we can. And so when you didn't have have those um, demands, you didn't need as much memory. So anyway. All right. So back to reminiscing just a little bit. I want to just look at my list so that I don't get too much off task because I have promised that I'm going to keep these under a half an hour and I am sticking to that. So my dad was in technology. Um, he was working at Marshall Fields and some of my earliest memories of my dad and computers is getting with him on the train. We lived out in the suburbs of Chicago about 
uh, 40 miles, I think, from Chicago uh, in the Fox Valley area. And we he would get on the train and commute into the city every day. And I remember getting on the train with him to go with him to work. And I don't remember exactly what the situation was. I think my mom had gotten a job um, and she was working um, part-time. And this one particular Saturday, she needed to be at work and... It must not have been a Saturday. Well, it must have been during the summer is what it was because she needed to work and he had to go to work. And we were old enough to watch ourselves sort of, but I don't know. For whatever reason, we all got to go with our parents to work this day or to friends' houses. And so me and my older foster brother, Reuben, got to ride with my dad into into the city and I have this memory of you know I just loved getting on that train riding in there just the smells and the sounds of the city uh, you know then walking with my dad several blocks to the big you know store that he worked in and then getting in the special employee elevator and getting to go up to I think it was like the 10th or the 11th floor and you'd get off and I just to describe to you this entire floor of of this this building was kind of the main room that you walked into was the computer like the whole middle of the room was these like consoles and that was the computer (laughs) that they all used and then there were like little uh like this hallway if you picture a big square the uh, square of a hallway around this room around the outside of this big square room uh, were all the doors of the offices and in the offices everybody had a screen and all of their screens connected into this one big mainframe computer that was the whole middle of the floor and the, you know and I, I can't describe to you how big but you know just a typical office building that's the entire anyway it was a huge room so I remember going with my dad into his little office and him showing my brother Reuben and I how we could send messages to each other. So Reuben went into the other room, like out into the main area somewhere where there was like a little desk. And I was sitting in my dad's office and we were basically texting with each other back and forth on the computers. And I know those of you who grew up with texting, that probably doesn't seem like a big deal, but it was so cool. We were sending messages to each other and like, I don't know. I just remember being really amazed by that and just really intrigued with this whole idea. Now, flash forward, I want to tell you that years later when I went back with my dad to work another time, that entire center of the room was cubbies and everybody had their own PCs. So interesting that now we've kind of gone to the point where in a lot of cases people have more of a terminal it's still a pc but now everybody's storing things in the cloud which is kind of like us all sharing one big computer in a way although the cloud is really a network of computers but anyway i just have really cool memories of that and being just fascinated by what my dad did and i remember seeing the these huge printers that would print out i remember there being like punch cards uh that would you know Somehow the holes that would be punched in these punch cards were what were how the computer spit out the information originally. So that was that was really interesting and I don't totally understand it cuz that goes back into the 60s a little bit. But let's just jump forward to things that you might be a little more familiar with that might be a little more universal besides just my unique experience of going with my dad to his job in downtown Chicago. I remember one Christmas 
one of my favorite things that I ever got for Christmas was called the speak and spell. Did any of you have a speak and spell? <laughs> it was the coolest thing, I thought. It was kind of like now a kid being able to get a, I guess now getting a smartphone or a tablet, probably more like a tablet. Now let me tell you, this was so cool because it's like I had my own little computer, except the only thing it could do, it, it was basically spelling games. So it would be like spell cat and you would click C A T and it would say it out loud. It'd be like C A T and they'd be like, yay, you got it right, you know, or whatever. Um, if you're familiar with the movie E.T., they use a speak and spell to do like the E.T. phone homes phone home part um but anyway I just remember loving this thing and it had like a handle it was orange and it had like a little screen where the words would come out and then the little keypad and then you could carry it around and I carried that thing with me everywhere I don't even know what year it was that I got it but I just remember loving that thing and just feeling so like special that I had a speak and spell um so I've just always been amazed with technology um, let's see. Oh, okay. Another kind of fun thing about the childhood of growing up in the 70s was I remember going with a friend of mine to computer camp one summer. And because I guess my parents decided, you know, they knew that I like kind of enjoyed computers. And so my friend and I, we went to this computer camp and basically we spent a week. We went every day. I think it was maybe at the community college locally or something. And we went every day and they would teach us stuff. And we basically learned how to do some really basic coding um, of, I believe the language was basic at the time. And so we learned how to make the screen, you know, say, hello, 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 you know, repeating. And um, I mean, it was super, super basic. But I remember just being fascinated by putting together coding and, and understanding how to do that. I think the only reason I didn't really end up going into that was, um, you know, as an adult, as, you know, a career, was that um, I like what computers can do and how they can enhance our lives, but I don't necessarily um, enjoy the, you know, the difficulty, the, the details of having to put that together. Um, that drives me nuts. I just like to have the final product done. I'm not, I guess I'm not patient enough to be a coder. Um, but I just remember that being a lot of fun. And I remember like being able to make it seem like me or my friend ended up making like some kind of an image and you would like reply to it. Like we kind of made a little final project where our parents could sit down and, and it would ask them questions and they would input information and then it would like do something fun with their information. I remember that being fun. Okay, fun, fun, fun stuff. We've got to get to more fun stuff. So let's talk about microwaves, VCRs, and cassette tapes. These were the big uh, items in the 1970s. I remember with cassettes, you know, the coolest thing was being able to pop them into a little uh, cassette recorder and recording your voice. And so me and my sister, <laughs> we would just like record our voices and, you know, do like little shows and, and whatever, um, and play them back. I remember 
constantly we, we would get tapes of different songs and I remember we would make little dances and we would um we would like make like a show we would pretend like we were making a commercial at one point we had a friend that worked for the RC Cola company and and I don't know if any of you remember RC Cola but um I remember he he gave us like a promo tape I don't know why <laughs> we had this promo tape and it was like the music for the RC Cola commercial. And so I remember us making like this entire gymnastics routine to the RC Cola um, commercial and then showing it to our parents. So we would do like little shows. We really used technology, you know, with music, recording ourselves. We would just do silly things. We'd tell knock-knock jokes, uh, whatever. Kind of what kids do tend to do with like YouTube now. Um, so I remember doing a lot of stuff like that. Um, let's see. Um, VCR, same thing, huge, huge industry. Uh, if you remember the old Betamax tapes and then uh, uh, VHS was what were the two. So there were Betamax and VHS and they were two different sizes of cassette tape. And so you'd either have a Betamax recorder or a VHS, kind of like now you can have a DVD player or a blue or a, um, oh, what's it called? I was going to say Bluetooth. That's not the right word. Uh, Blu-ray. So there's, you know, normal DVDs or Blu-rays. It was kind of that idea. And you, you couldn't, you couldn't uh, do one or the other. You had to choose. So they actually at one point came out with ones where you'd have two cassette tapes and one was beta and one was VHS. Um, so you could have both in the same machine. But uh, we'd buy movies. We would buy a lot of blank tapes. We would record things off TV. I remember my parents recording Grease. And, of course, this... Yeah, that's late 70s. We watched that movie over and over and over. It was like every time my parents went on a date, we watched Grease. Now, it was the TV version, so it um, was a bit edited. And so I remember years later when my uh, older kids were maybe around like young teens, I remember being like, oh, we got to watch this musical. It's so great. And there's like stuff in it that I'm just like, oh, I didn't even know that was in there because I had seen... All those years, I'd been watching the edited version, and I didn't even know because it was edited for TV. Anyway, so um, you would go and rent movies uh, actually to a physical store, pick out what movies you wanted to watch, take them home, and watch them. That was the big thing in the 70s and early 80s. Um, in my mind, it mixes a little bit with the early 80s because you know, I was 10 in 1980, so I, I'm hitting a little bit of the early 80s. All right, I want to talk about video games. I've... Um, I have a few minutes still left here. Um, the 1970s were big with Atari. Did any of you have an Atari? Oh my gosh, so much fun. Favorite games of all time, probably for everybody at the time, were Space Invaders and Asteroids. And then 1980, just kind of getting into the 80s, was Pac-Man, of course, which just, you know, blew the, it kind of like exploded the the whole video game, an arcade game thing for the 1980s. But I remember playing Space Invaders and Atari so much that we would literally, like, we weren't trying to see who could get the high score. The idea was who could flip the score over to zero the most number of times because, you know, it only had, like, so many zeros. And so you would be like, I flipped to over to zero four times today, you know, and that was like, that's how you went to quote the next level was just how many times you could flip the score over, you know? And so then they had to start designing harder levels because everybody just 
you know, you say kids are addicted now. I mean, come on, parents. You remember Space Invaders and Asteroids and uh, Pac-Man, right? You were addicted to your Atari. So don't be too hard on your kids. Um, anyway, I remember um, getting so good at uh, Asteroids that like literally like my thumb just kind of did it naturally like would hit that little button with the joystick oh and and to explain for those of you who are younger you know you'd have your little cassette things and one would be asteroids and one would be you know donkey kong and another one would be space invaders and another one would be pong or whatever and you would you would stick these little like cartridges they were like cartridges and you would stick them into the atari and then that would be the game and so you'd have like your little set of all your games and you would buy new games and you'd attach them there was no downloading and stuff like that because you know the internet didn't exist so you would go buy the little cassette thingies or the cartridges and you'd stick them into your into your little console so i wanted to just say that it is such a natural thing it's like riding a bike so a couple years ago I saw an Atari throwback around Christmas time and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to get this. And of course now they're like, even though it's throwback, it's still upgraded because there's like a hundred games on there or 40 games. I don't know. There's a lot of games on there that are like programmed into it, which we didn't have because we had to use the little cartridges. But I bought this thing, gave it to my family. It had two little joysticks. And so I sit down and I'm trying to, and I'm playing this with my son. And it's so funny because he's, 13 I guess he was probably 12 when we were playing this together a couple Christmases ago and um, you know he would pick some games like basketball or whatever that I didn't play as much and and he could you know we were pretty even or he would beat me on some of those but when we got out asteroids like my kids are like no we are not playing asteroids because they would never get a turn because I'm just it's still it's still like in my hands you know I can just sit there I know exactly how to do it to just kind of stay alive now of course I'm not anywhere near as good as I was in the 70s but um, it was just kind of fun as a mom to actually be better than my preteen son at a video game <laughs> I have to tell you that just like was like hey and he's like no we're not playing that game don't pick that one it's boring you know because he would die after a few seconds and then I would just sit there and play for like 10 minutes before I would die and so it was just kind of boring for him so I had to actually kind of he got better at it or I would kind of let myself die and then we kind of got a little more evenly matched but pretty much he got bored with it because it's not really that exciting now compared to the games he can play like Minecraft and Minecraft is even considered old school, but it's so much more complex. So, um, that's just sort of a fun little memory. Um, let's see. So Pac-Man just have to mention one little thing about that. I actually loved Pac-Man so much that our town had like their festival, you know, every year towns have these little festivals. I don't know why, but I lived in a little town called Batavia and they called it Boo Boo Days. And I don't remember why. It was kind of weird. We're going down to Boo Boo Days. <laughs> I'm just like, what? But later they changed it and made it the Batavia Windmill Festival, which was, you know, more sophisticated sounding. But anyway, I remember going down to this and they, for one of the events, they had a Pac-Man competition. So they had all these... Um, you know, console set up with Pac-Man, and I think I was 10, so this is 1980, and I remember competing in this Pac-Man competition, and I only made it to, like, the second round, and then, you know, the, uh, the, uh, boys 
like all beat me out. So <laughs> that was fun. But I just think back on it. And I'm like, okay, so does this give you a little picture of my life as a 1970s kid? Um, I was surrounded by technology and it was early technology compared to now, but it, it really was all around me. I think partly because of my dad's um, position where we would be exposed to things a little bit uh, earlier than some of the other kids. Um, but it was just part of that era. A lot of you who grew up then probably have very, very similar memories. And I hope that this has been fun for you. I know it's a little bit random, um, but it, it, to me, I just want you to have a little bit of background of where I'm coming from as far as technology and why I have Tech Tuesday when the other days all seem like they're a little bit um, different. But I just want to focus every week on what it is about technology that, um, you know, how it affects our lives and and what it is and, and why it's here and how it has changed life for our era and how we can live with it in harmony and have it bless our lives rather than hinder our lives. So that's kind of some of the goals for Tech Tuesday. So next week, I'm going to continue um, this Tech Tuesday discussion by talking a little bit about the 80s and being a teenager in the 80s and what kind of technology and music and, um, you know, the further explosion of the digital revolution um, that I grew up with there in the 1980s and sort of the maybe the birth of MTV and, and some of that kind of stuff. So I'm super excited about this Tech Tuesday series that we've got going on. I hope that it's interesting to you, maybe helped you think a little bit about um, your childhood or imagining your parents' childhood or remembering your children's childhood, depending on which age group you're in. And I'm going to, this is, I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm going to try to go out a little bit here with... Um, I just have this in the background. This is Pac-Man Fever. I thought it'd be fun to listen to just a few minutes of it. Pac-Man Fever. All right, so starting next week, we're going to be talking just a little bit about the 1980s, which got kicked off with Pac-Man Fever. I hope you have a wonderful day today. This is Jumbled Sunshine. This is the Ideally Daily podcast where we talk about ways to make your life more successful, interesting, and fun. I hope you have a wonderful day and I will talk to you again soon.